Welcome back. I'm here today with Prasad Kaipa. Prasad is the author of From Smart to Wise and has been an advisor, management consultant to some of the top leaders in the world. Uh, welcome to today's show. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be back again. So, Prasad, uh, when we talk about the book, From uh, Smart to Wise, what inspired you to write this book? In working with uh, various executives, uh, both in the United States, India, Singapore, Europe, many other countries, I found there are some characteristics that differentiate successful, happy, and energized individuals who seem to make a difference. I first thought it may be their smartness that make them extremely effective in doing their job, but then I found out beyond the smartness, there are some characteristics that make them uniquely qualified to be leaders who develop other people around them to lead and to make their work and their companies to be successful while they themselves are growing. So in study which ranged about 20 to 25 years, I found out the smartness can be turned into wisdom. And that wisdom is what is most needed in these times of complexity. And that's what led me to write this book. Now, I want to step back a little bit. And for the listeners, you have a PhD. Yes, I do. And uh, where did you get your PhD from? I got my PhD from Indian Institute of Technology in Madras. One of the best schools, the schools in the world. Yeah. And, uh, and then uh, and, and what year did you, uh, did you come out of the school? I graduated from there in 1983. Okay. And uh, I came to United States, came to University of Utah, Salt Lake City which became my second home. Were you teaching there? Yes, I was. Uh -huh. I was uh, first in uh, uh, physics department as a postdoctoral fellow. And then I came to the School of Medicine. And then I had a good uh, fortune to get an opportunity to teach for next six years. And I was an assistant professor uh, in uh, School of Medicine. What brought you to Silicon Valley? Um, I started working with Apple Computer. Uh, first as a consultant and then as an employee, and uh, that brought me to Silicon Valley. Now I understand is that, uh, hopefully I get these numbers right, but as you've consulted or advised 120 of the top uh, CEOs in the world? or Yeah, I have worked with about 120 CEOs, and that includes various people from Fortune 500 companies, global 500 companies, and also several entrepreneurs uh, from successful entrepreneurial uh, startups. When you're finding uh, working with these CEOs of very large organizations and, and applying the principle of going from smart to wise, yeah. um, it involves a spiritual aspect. Yes, it which, does. Which, to me, is very unique to have a, a consultant or advisor come in and say, you got to spiritually connect right. with your people. How, do, how is that received? Okay. What I found is based on how we frame spirituality, it can be very, very relevant to business. These days, people talk about employee engagement. And creativity, according to a report in 2010 from IBM, is the most important leadership characteristics. The creativity cannot come by learning skills. You have to tap into the creative spirit within us. Similarly, 
teamwork is not the same as group work. One needs to experience the team spirit. So, in some respects, many organizations are finding out that how to help employees requires us to look at not only the psychological elements of how we can work together, how we can think, how we can create. There are elements of spirituality. That means at some level, what is my mindset? What is my belief system? What are my ethical and moral values? Really guide at a subconscious and unconscious way to bring us happiness, to bring us passion, to clarify our purpose in our workplace. When people are clear about their purpose, when they are passionate about the work that they do, they emanate certain kind of energy. Whether it is they are in customer service, whether they are thinking about new products and services, whether they are working with each other, there is a sense of you know, optimism, there is a sense of energy, there is a sense of compassion and camaraderie that comes in. I believe these are all dimensions of spirituality. We just don't name spirituality because we don't want religion and politics to color workplace. But spirituality is a lot more than just the religion. All right, Prasad, we need to take a quick break. Uh, I'm visiting here with Prasad Kaipa. He's the author of the book, From Smart to Wise. Uh, we'll be right back after this message, and then we'll get into why it's important for leaders to be wise in their decisions. Welcome back. I'm visiting here today with Prasad Kaipa. Prasad is the author of the book, From Wise, of Smart to Wise. And... Uh, why is it important for leaders to be wise in their decisions? Um, first, I'm co-author of the book from Smart to Wise. Uh, Navi Raju is my co-author and uh, I believe one of the wise decisions I made was to bring him in as my co-author. I have worked on the wise leadership. I have spent a large amount of time. I have done coaching, but I found out that alone doesn't allow me to write a book to be successful. I found that smartness has to be framed in a way and that allowed me to recognize by bringing in another person who might not have as much experience in leadership, but together we created a partnership that took me to a lot bigger place. And I believe the reason why it is an international bestseller now is because of the contributions Navi made uh, in addition to whatever I could make. See, that was a wise decision for me. I always think in business, it does take more than one yes, it does. to balance perspective. And uh, there's something magic about when the higher level of trust yeah. you have within your partner, right. the, the more apt or the, 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 you know, that, that business is to flourish yeah. and get to the next level. Exactly, because smartness several times is about all myself. So it is about, am I looking better than you? Can I compete with you? Can I use my intelligence for getting ahead of everybody else? So it is me, me, me is the primary focus for smartness. If I can look at how to take that smartness, and figure out what is the higher purpose. 
what is the noble purpose that I can operate with. That means my family, my team, my organization to also be successful while I am moving ahead. If I have that higher purpose, then I can take the same smartness and add to it the larger purpose, certain amount of humility and gratitude for what you are bringing, what other people are bringing that allows me to operate with a lot more wisdom. And I think that is the kind of wise leadership that organizations need today. What does it mean to operate in the blue and the red zones? Okay. Like if you look at many executives or entrepreneurs for that matter, many of them can be excellent in their own domain. No, that's what we call domain experts. Many domain experts go deep into their area of expertise and many times are hesitant to break out of that. That means if I try to talk to a uh, brain surgeon, like, uh, you know, I had an opportunity when my son had some sickness, uh, which had something to do with uh, bronchitis. But I was in India at that time and uh, it was middle of the night that he had major problem. We went downstairs and uh, knocked on our friend's uh, door. He happened to be an eye surgeon. When we asked him, hey, my son is having this bronchial attack, can you help? He said, well, I'm an eye surgeon. I don't know anything about fever or I don't know anything about throat. That is because even though they did their basic MD before they specialized in eye surgery, they forget that when they go so deep into their speciality to bring back the basic knowledge. Similarly, when I interviewed Nobel laureates, they were remarkable in some of their areas of expertise, but not necessarily connecting the dots at a higher level of conceptual level. That's what I call blue zone. That means smartness focused in a narrow zone with a deep knowledge. On the other hand, the red zone means people who are entrepreneurial, whom you know might not have anything to do with the big data or they may not know anything with the biometrics, but they see the business opportunity and they see that that uh, big data is something going to be really big opportunity. So they go find somebody else who are in the blue zone and find somebody else who can fund them and create an entrepreneurial opportunity. That means they use their smartness to connect the dots even though they don't have expertise. So they have the breadth, not the depth. Whereas blue zone people have the depth, might not have the breadth. These are two ways of using intelligence. So I call them people in the blue zone, people who operate in the red zone. I'm visiting here with Prasad Kaipa. He is the author of From Smart to Wise. Prasad, we need to take a quick break. And when we get back, we want to talk about how do you get companies to grow? Welcome back. I'm visiting here today with Prasad Kaipa. Prasad is a author, a co-author of the book From Thanks. Smart to Wise and an advisor to some of the world's top leaders of the the, the corporations that they run. Um, Prasad, I want to go back to this question of uh, why do companies grow? 
the companies grow because they are adding value to their ecosystem and the ecosystem means at some level customers which they call as their primary mission or purpose and how they add value to customers is through what their employees do which is through products and services and other kinds of value addition mm -hmm. and sometimes based on the size of the company they also operate and work with suppliers. Mm -hmm. So, in some respects shareholders are the ones that many companies pay primary attention to, but they have stakeholders which are customers, suppliers, employees and the society and this you know the the city in which they are located in. I think they grow because they allow other people to grow as well, not just because they are making profits. How does reframing relate to growth? When we talk about growth, several times narrowly we look at how much have we grown in terms of our profits or our share prices or our market share. The key is when we are looking at the growth in terms of wise perspective, that growth has to become sustainable. Especially in these times of complexity and globalized world, like imagine six years ago smartphones became really prominent after Apple released iPhone. But within six years or seven years they are already talking about the saturation in the iPhone and the smartphone market. That means the growth will not be sustainable unless we begin to find a way in a wise and meaningful way how we can grow people, their aspirations, that people may be customers, employees, suppliers and the society. When we make that sustainable growth to be relevant, then uh, organizations can grow wisely for a longer period of time. Now, why do some entrepreneurs succeed while others don't? Entrepreneurs several times in the beginning think about what is my stake in the company. There is a familiar um, paradigm that people operate from. More stock I have, more percentage of the company I have, of the startup that I am part of, better it is for me. But the fact of the matter is a small size company, even if you have 50 percent, it does not mean very much. But if you can wisely share whatever is the worth of the company among various people including employees and investors, together if you can grow that grape size company into an orange size company and hopefully you make it into a watermelon size company. When you make a company bigger, your share obviously will reduce from 50 percent to 30 percent and sometimes 10 percent. But 10 percent of watermelon is going to be many, many, many times bigger than 90 percent of a grape or a 50 percent of an orange. But most of the times entrepreneurs who have figured out that by sharing, by having a noble purpose, they can grow the company and have an enlightened self-interest to grow themselves, they are the people who become successful. 
and other people who only look at my success at the cost of everybody else, they compete within the company for share, both mind share as well as the profits, they are the people who lose out. You know, it reminds me of this, uh, this uh, the experiment they did with the monkey where they had uh, the, a hole that the monkey could put his hand through right. and they had it pick up a piece of fruit and if the monkey tried to take the hand back to eat the fruit, it, uh, he couldn't get it back through because the hand was too big. Right. And the same analogy seems to be true in business when the entrepreneur right. learn, learns to let go, as you said, right. and it lift everybody else, yeah. the organization will flourish. Exactly. So the reframing that ultimately comes down to is, can I go from my success at the cost of everything else to our success together. So, from I to we is one of the first major shifts that we need to bring and uh, that is probably one of the most important noble purpose that we need to operate So, from. Prasad is CEO uh, that wants to call you up and consult with you, how do they find you? They find me mostly through prasadkaipa.com. Obviously, this book information is there at fromsmarttowise.com as well. And they can also call me uh, by using a phone number 408-393-6984. Thank you very much, Alan. Thank you for being on today's show, visiting with Prasad Kaipa, the author, co-author of the book from Smart to Wise. We'll be right back after these messages. Thank you.